and welcome back to another episode of Travel Minded, the podcast. On today's episode, we are joined by Stacey Lesker, who is an award-winning journalist featured in Travel and Leisure, Departures, TripAdvisor, and more. On the episode, we discuss how her career has taken her to some incredible places and her travel writing course that is available for all. Coming on, it's just great to just speak to people about their travel experiences, also to kind of see how traveling's taken people in different kind of routes down careers as well, I guess. And yes. um, so it's great. And you live in Portugal. I do, yes. I live in Lisbon. Lovely. How long have you been living there for? Uh, about a year and a half now. Yeah. What made you want to go there? Was that work or? Just no, not even close. Um, I am getting my PhD in journalism um, and I'm going to school here in Lisbon at a university um, called Catholica. I'm getting my PhD in uh, disinformation. <laughs> so very different than travel. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. So when you were younger, did you always think you were going to go down the journalism route or you just ended up going that way? Yes, I... It's funny. I I did not think I was ever, I didn't dream of being a journalist when I was young. Um, I wanted to be a veterinarian. I think like all children probably do. Um, And I kind of stumbled into an internship at my hometown newspaper, the Narragansett Times in Narragansett, Rhode Island, um, when I was 17 years old. And um, my very first editor, a woman named Marsha O'Brien, who is incredibly near and dear to my heart. Um, she gave me my first shot and I didn't even know it was a job I wanted until I started doing it and realized that there was no other job I wanted to do, you know, and, um, I worked for her throughout all of college and afterward, um, before moving abroad for the first time. And yeah, she changed my life. I love that. Where did you move for the first time abroad? I moved to Spain. I lived in Spain for not very long, about six months um, after college. I um, just wanted to kind of try something different and ended up kind of building a little bit of a freelance career there first. I worked for a couple of magazines um, while living in Madrid and then also um, working for a couple of alternative weekly magazines in the United States, um, kind of as an arts and culture writer. I love that. I also love how you said that it was the first country you moved to. How many countries have you lived in? (laughs) (laughs) Just, well, I'm counting the U.S., just three, but um, I I moved to Madrid, then moved back to the United States, um, where I built my journalism career even further. I went to grad school at Emerson College in Boston um, and worked for an international news agency called Global Post uh, Mm -hmm. as their breaking news and social media editor before then moving to Los Angeles to work for the Los Angeles Times, um, and then went freelance about six years ago um, to where I have been lucky enough to work for a bunch of incredible magazines, including Travel and Leisure as a contributing digital editor, Um, and then moved to Portugal about a year and a half ago, uh, where I work remotely and also am working on my PhD. Absolutely. No, that's incredible. So I guess as well, this is a really hard question, but obviously through your work, but also personally, you've obviously been to some incredible places. 
where would you say has been your favorite? It's always so hard when people ask me where my favorite place is because yeah, I've been to 42 countries now. Um, but honestly, I have multiple places because they're for different reasons. Uh, for example, for arts and culture, I can't say enough nice things about Tokyo. It's one of my favorite, favorite places on earth, without a doubt. Um, you know, it's somewhere that I feel more alive. I feel like I want to dress up to the nines everywhere I go. And I just want to eat all day long and um, kind of indulge in, in every in every sense. Um, you know, that's a destination I can return to over and over again. Um, uh, but then for other reasons, you know, my, one of my all-time favorite spots was actually in Zambia. I went on a safari with the Bush camp company. Um, and you go to these super remote camps where you have no cell service, no Wi-Fi, nothing. Um, and it was one of the few destinations and one of the few trips I've ever been on where I truly was able to let go and just be fully present in an experience. So, um, you know, that for that reason, um, so it's, you know, it's all, it's all unique treasures around the world, but I would definitely say Tokyo and Japan and Zambia, um, are two of my top destinations in the world. I think as well, you kind of touched on it there, that actually each location has different gems and travel. That's the best part about traveling. There's so many different cultures and there's so many different histories and whatever type of trip you're looking for, there's the opportunity to go to that type of place. So yeah, I always, I think I'd really struggle to answer my favorite place. Um, so I just like to put it on everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's so many favorite destinations for so many different reasons. And, you know, I just, I, I don't think I've been to a bad place yet. <laughs> yeah, no, that's brilliant. And where would you say has been the best place? I mean, you may have answered that through kind of the last question, but where's been your favorite place that work has taken you to? Oh, um, you know, I love a lot of times actually that my work has taken me to places I would never personally choose to go. I think that that's been a really powerful thing for me. Um, places like in the United States, I don't think as a personal traveler, I would ever have thought to go to South Dakota. Um, you know, it's kind of a feels more of a state that doesn't have a lot of attractions um, and a lot of things that, that I would typically look for. But I went for work to do a story um, about their annual Buffalo Roundup. So South Dakota is home to the largest um, publicly owned Buffalo herd in America. And every year they uh, bring on hundreds of cowboys from around the country, cowboys and cowgirls from around the country to round up these buffalo so they can auction a few off, so they can vaccinate others, um, give veterinary checks. And I was able to ride in the bed of a truck alongside these cowboys and cowgirls who were incredible at their craft um, and then went to tour Badlands National Park, which turned out is my all-time favorite national park once I got to see it in person. Um, so yeah, I think that places like that, for sure, South Dakota for me is always one of those spots where people say, what's the most surprising destination? It's for sure that. I think that um, getting outside of kind of an Instagram bubble of travel, I think is really good sometimes. And, and thinking outside the box of what you might think you enjoy, you know, the world can really surprise you. Absolutely. And I think that's what's great about your work, that it can take you to so many incredible places and also 
experiences that you probably wouldn't have experienced beforehand. Definitely. I mean, I've had so many experiences that, you know, I, I, I've dreamed about, you know, or haven't even dreamed about, didn't even know I could dream about having an experience like that. You know, I've, I've taken a hot air balloon ride in Kenya and I've gone backcountry skiing with professional snowboarders in Switzerland. And, you know, I've gone hiking with ex gorilla members in El Salvador who are now working to preserve their local rainforests. And I've, drank the most expensive cup of coffee in the world in Panama. And How much is it? I, it's a thousand dollars a pound for this coffee. Wow. Yeah. Was and, it good? Was it worth it? Was it was delicious. <laughs> yes. It tasted more like tea to me than coffee, but it was. Yeah. Don't tell them that though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so getting to experience these things that are true once in a lifetime that I get to do over and over again is, is a true blessing. Absolutely. And since you've gone freelance, do you find the stories? Like, how do you find these really unique experiences? Like, I'm really fascinated to know. It's a real mix. You know, being a freelance journalist is a really interesting job. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of amazing things and some things that are real hustle. Um, but my work um, is a real mix of sometimes I'm assigned stories. Um, other times I'm reached out to by a press agency who might be representing a hotel brand or a destination. And other times it's me stumbling upon, um, upon a really good story. For example, recently I was invited by a press agency uh, to Turkey to visit the um, Shangri-La Hotel. And they have a really unique experience in this hotel of having a baklava butler. Um, So you can go and present this key and and a baklava butler will bring you different kinds of baklava to try. Um, And while that's a unique story, um, what I was able to do was I, you know, I just asked the question, where does this baklava come from? You know, I'd love to go spend time with the, with the pastry chef at the hotel. And they explained that it actually came from a family in town. Um, and so I said, great, I want to go meet this family instead and, uh, tell this, you know, deeper story. And it turns out that this family has been making baklava for six generations. Um, and, and so it's this combination of get, you know, being presented with opportunities, but trying to take it a step further, which, um, I'm really proud of as a journalist that I, that I do. And, um, you know, and I also, I also, a lot of times try to tell the human side of travel, tell the human side of here's this really beautiful hotel. And by the way, here are the actual human beings that make this baklava that you get to enjoy. Or here's this incredible cup of coffee. And by the way, let's go spend two days with the farmers who grow it. You know, and um, I think that that helps connect people to a destination or or, um, seeing the people behind it and also maybe seeing a little bit of themselves and being able to relate to uh, different, different people all around the globe. Absolutely. And I think what you touched on earlier about actually outside of Instagram and away from social media, seeing the real kind of, yeah, the people behind the countries, the experiences you can do. There's nothing better. And that's what I really enjoy about traveling, being able to see all those different cultures and meeting people that you maybe wouldn't have met before. And just being able to, yeah, really kind of find out how locals experience the countries. Yes, 100%. The amount, the number of people that I've been able to, you know, have 
not only just engaging conversations with, but frankly, some of them have become lifelong friends who in no world would I have ever met these people without having this job. You know, I would have never been able to connect um, across the globe in such a meaningful way with, with so many, so many different human beings who, um, you know, it turns out we have a lot in common. And, and I think that that's been a real, uh, a really powerful lesson for me on the importance of travel. Um, I think that especially, you know, now there's so many hardships in the world, but if we could be traveling more often just to get to see how alike we really are and how much we all desire the same things, you know, we all desire safety and happiness and connection, uh, no matter where you are in the world. I really like that. That's really nice. Yeah, it's a really nice way of putting things. And I think as well, just to kind of touch on, obviously, it's incredible when you've won awards for your writing, which is brilliant. And a lot of people that do end up maybe loving traveling do end up they're wanting to write about it. Uh, it's such a big thing nowadays that there's blog writing, there's travel writing. How would what would you say to someone who wanted to get into it, what would you say are the first kind of key things? Yeah, well, what's really great, actually good timing for this podcast, um, is if they want to learn all of my secrets, I'm actually launching a new travel writing course um, on beatravelwriter.com. So I'm super excited for that. We have just our sign up page right now uh, because we're launching at the end of this, uh, end of 22, uh, 2022. So please come learn all the secrets. But my biggest lesson for everyone, it sounds so simple, but I cannot stress enough how often people skip this step, is to read a lot, to read every day. Read your favorite travel publications, read their print versions, read their digital versions, read their archives, you know, and learn about what their their style, their tone, what they've already covered. Um, you know, it's read their competitors, you know, travel and leisure. I, um, I've been lucky enough to be with them for six years. I write for several other travel publications like TripAdvisor and Hotels Above Par. I used to work for Departures Magazine. Um, I'm writing a story right now for prior travel. You know, I'm super lucky to be in this digital space, but I also make sure to read publications that I don't regularly write for, like Lonely Planet and Foders um, and Connie Nash Traveler that are all wonderful publications that I learn from um, and, and getting to just kind of look and, and see how other people are writing and not copy them, but emulate them um, has been a really powerful part of my progress as a travel writer, because I didn't start as a travel writer. I was a news reporter and going from a news reporter to a very hard right turn into travel. It's a different beat, you know, and you can't just decide you're a travel writer. You have to learn to be a travel writer. Um, so read, 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 set up reading lists for yourself every day. Um, and I, I promise it will help you grow as a writer so much absolutely no that's great advice and actually it's interesting that you say it's such a basic first step that people probably just go straight to picking up a pen or just writing and of course people love doing journaling when they're on their travels which is a great way to capture memories but then kind of taking that next step to turn it into a career um read people <laughs> yes just read everything you can every day Absolutely. So where is on your bucket list? 
Oh my gosh. I have so many destinations on my bucket list. Truly. It's so funny. I, I use this app. It's called Bean or Ben, B-E-N. I use um, that. It's great. Yeah. It's a great <laughs> app. And it's so fun because I get so excited. I, I cannot click it until um, my husband and I have a rule that once we buy something, so a coffee or a sandwich or something in a country, we can say we've been there. And um, so 41 countries now um, or 42 countries now, somewhere like that. I've still only been to 16% of the world, right? Um, and, and it's wild to think about that, you know, to think about how often I travel. Um, so there's there's still endless destinations for me. I have not done very much of South America. Um, so I'm really anxious to get to places, especially now living in Portugal, I'd love to go visit Brazil. Um, and I'd love to visit Chile and Argentina to go to the wine regions there. That's somewhere I'm, I'm really itching to go. Um, I've also only been to three countries in Africa. So I'm still really wanting to go to Tanzania. I want to go to the Skeleton Coast. I want to go to South Africa. Um, I've actually never been to Australia. You know, there's so many spots. It's, it's a, it's a never ending journey for me for travel. And even with that, there's destinations, there's countries I've been to that I want to go back to, to visit different regions. Um, you know, so it's, of, of course, you know, as a travel writer, I've, I've been to Paris, but I really want to do Bordeaux and I want to do, um, you know, the coast. And I, I just, I can't even express how many different places I want to go to because once you start traveling, you realize that it, it changes you everywhere you go and everywhere you go, um, you know, leaves a little bit of it, a piece in your heart. And I just feel like I want to keep going and going and going to experience that over again. Absolutely. The travel bug is a real thing. I definitely find as well with that app, I get so addicted to trying to get higher percentages and filling up more of the map. So even if I'm on a plane and I'm going to somewhere, I'll literally just use the whole of the flight time to be like, okay, where should I go to next? Like, <laughs> how can I up this percentage? And looking at the map, seeing all your empty spaces that you want to fill in. I know it's, it's really, it's a great app. I really recommend it for every frequent traveler. Absolutely. I always have this discussion with my family as well, where they're like, Emma, can you really say that you've done the whole country if you've only been to a part of it? And I'm like, well, technically, I've stood in the airspace. And like like you said, if I've purchased a coffee there, tick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you purchase a coffee, it counts for sure. Yeah, if you spend I local like currency, If you haven't, then you, you have to get back on a plane yep. ASAP and get to yeah. the first coffee shop. Yes. So where is next on your list of places that you're going to? I just wrapped up a really hectic schedule of travel. I just did um, Turkey and Croatia and Slovenia and um, a couple other destinations. Um, next on my list is actually taking a break and staying in Portugal for the next um, about five weeks before going back to the United States uh, for the holiday season to visit family. And then in January, I'm flying to Japan to go skiing for my first time skiing in Japan, which I'm thrilled about. Um, and then flying from there to Jackson Hole, Wyoming um, to do a snowboard camp um, on the mountain for a couple of days. I, I help run ski coverage for travel and leisure in the winter. And then from there, who knows? Yeah, <laughs> never know. You might be going to some of those bucket list destinations. I hope so. I hope yeah, so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been so lovely speaking to you. Thank you so much. 
I really hope that people listening will jump on the opportunity of doing a travel writing course because it sounds incredible and who better to learn from than a award-winning travel writer? <laughs> well, I'm so thrilled that you had me on. I've always loved tra- talking about travel and yes, please come join the class. And if you have any extra questions, please feel free to email me or DM me on social media anytime. Don't forget to subscribe to the Travel Minded Podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Travel Minded the Podcast. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Justice Abroad. Justice Abroad was founded in 2019 and is led by myself, Michael Polak, a trained barrister and expert in international law and assistance. Justice Abroad operates to ensure that people who travel overseas for work or pleasure can be confident that if anything goes wrong, there'll be someone ready to help them. We are seeing an increasing number of cases across the world where people find themselves in trouble and we've been asked to assist. Justice Abroad has a team of top investigators, lawyers around the world and support staff available to provide unparalleled support. Many people when travelling have an attitude of, it'll never happen to me, and then when something does go wrong, they feel helpless with nowhere to turn. Anyone travelling for any purpose should be aware of the issues that could arise and be prepared to get in touch with us should something go wrong. We currently have cases in Greece, China, Thailand, Somalia, Myanmar, Cyprus, Spain, Vietnam, and many other countries around the globe. The increased number of cases which are coming to us proves how frequently travellers can find themselves in trouble, often as a victim of crime or accused of offences they did not commit. Usually, travel insurance will not cover you for assistance and advice with legal problems overseas, and even where they do, the assistance can prove ineffectual and not practical. At Justice Abroad, we have an extremely hands-on approach that allows our clients to feel assured that we will deal with every aspect of their situation and ensure they have the best possible outcome. We're just as abroad and we're here when you need us.